Hello. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Um, pray that you're all doing well, that you're standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might uh, this morning. Um, uh, welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. Your sister is tired. <laughs> but welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. Um, so glad uh to be back with you guys this morning, and I want to welcome everyone who is listening by way of uh, Podbean, a live podcast, as well as live stream on Facebook and YouTube, and um, welcome uh, to all of you, and uh, yeah, we are going to um, jump into another episode here of How to Slay in Prayer how to slay in prayer. And uh, let me get this up on the screen for you. How to slay in prayer. And uh, tonight we are talking about um, houses of prayer, becoming houses of prayer, uh, which is so important. Um, And Jesus himself said that it was important. So that's what we're talking about today. And um, we're going to look into this. And um, go ahead and discuss it. Amen. Go ahead and uh, get it. Uh, get it in us. Get it in us. It needs to become bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh. Um, uh, it needs to become our our lifestyle. Our lifestyle. So uh, we're talking about um, houses of prayer. Basically, how to make prayer a lifestyle. And uh, I know that prayer is a very sensitive. Uh, subject because a lot of people don't really like to talk about their personal prayer life um, uh, because if we're being real, you know, um, we many of us, um, you know, we struggle to get that together. Sometimes, you know, we want to, you know, we, we need to get it snatched and um, we've been trying to get it snatched for a long time. And sometimes we, you know, we, we snatched and sometimes we fall off and, you know, <laughs> and we try to get back on and, you know, many people struggle with that. And so um, I, I wrote in a blog post um, that, uh, you know, it's kind of like talking about your finances. You know, it's people say, well, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to discuss your finances, you know, with other people. It's a personal matter, you know, um, and uh, it's a, it's not everybody's business. Well, you know, people act that way about prayer too, you know, and, um, um, yeah, you know, I understand, uh, the mindset there. I understand the mindset. Um, uh, I, I'm just in a point in my life where I just want, uh, to be open. You know, I want to be open. I want to be, um, honest about everything, not only with, um, you know, not only with God, but with myself, because he knows everything. Um, and also uh, with others, because I realize that in being open and uh, transparent with others, um, it actually helps people to become better. It helps us all to become better because there's something that, um, you know, that I have struggled with that you could be struggling with. And there's also something, um, you know, uh, that I can give you out of my experience that will help you uh, in your journey. Maybe it's a word that I don't even know I'm, I'm saying, but you grabbed onto that word and, you know, or you grabbed onto that thought, that thought or that phrase. And, you know, that is what 
gave you strength to push through, push through, if you know what I mean. And so that's why, um, you know, ministry and preaching and teaching, it's important because as we share, um, you know, it, it, we don't know what we're just sowing seed. We don't know what seed is going to prosper or where God is going to give the increase. We're just trusting God to give the increase on those seeds that are sown and, and for him to water, um, uh, I'm sorry for him to, yeah, to give the increase, uh, and for others, you know, who may come behind and water the seed, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it's something I say that gets you started and then something that you hear from someone else who just gets you rolling right on through there, you know? And so that's what uh, we want to do. And uh, I also realize that, you know, um, I can learn, I learn so much from other people. I'm still learning and growing and, I learn from everyone and everything these days. Like I'm getting old now, <laughs> so so you know uh, we we we're definitely uh, better stu students now that now that God has our attention, right? <laughs> and you know we want to learn from everyone and everything. You can even learn from an evil person. You know you can learn from their life what not to do. Um, you know so so very very. Uh, very important, very, very important, uh, very good stuff there. And so um, as you are coming on here, uh, I want to pull up this uh, this one last scripture that the Lord dropped in my heart this morning. Let me give you one more here. Excuse me. Oh, girl, my face looks so... Uh, I got morning face, <laughs> morning face, right? Oh, wow. Okay, let's see. Hmm. We got morning face. I love a fresh morning face, honestly. Like, I know it, it probably looks ugly, but it's fresh. <laughs> it's clean. My teeth are clean. You know, it's fresh. It's fresh. Um. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Amen. Okay, so I have uh, I have my I have my little word together, my little scriptures, scriptures, my scriptures. Just gonna give you guys a little minute here. And um I have a very busy day today, actually. I have a, well not very busy, kind of busy day. I have a meeting, I have some errands to run, and I have um What else do I have? Oh, my closet. I need to tackle my closet. My sister and I were talking last night, and uh, she was saying that today she's going to, you know, finally get in there and clean out her closet, and I feel so convicted because <laughs> my closet is a hot mess, and I've been talking about it for probably two months and still have not cleaned that closet. Like, that door, I know it looks so, you know, innocent right now the door behind me it's not innocent i promise you it's not innocent it has some major issues in there 
it is hiding some things <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> so we want to bring that stuff out. Bring it out so we can get delivered. The closet needs deliverance. <laughs> the closet needs deliverance. <laughs> My sister said last night, she said, yeah, um, uh, I'm going to get in there and we got to do a purge. We got to do a purge. Purge this closet, Jesus. Oh gosh. Okay. So uh, let's pray and let's get started. And um, as you guys uh, are coming in, you can just drop a hey, drop a hello, and I will be able to um, acknowledge you as you come in. So yeah, going to get this out of the way. There was something else I wanted to tell you. Oh, please subscribe. <laughs> please subscribe. Um, if you haven't subscribed, uh, or if you haven't, you know, um, yeah, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please uh, go over there and subscribe um, and help your sister out because that channel, you know, I've been dropping these podcasts, uh, you know, over there and uh, the podcast episodes and everything like that. And um, it's, it's, it's growing. It is growing, but it's not growing. Um, what shall I say? Um, it's not growing at, at the, you know, as much as the podcast itself. And, um, so I'm just, you know, reminding everyone to subscribe because that will help me to, um, you know, get a return on my investment, so to speak. <laughs> um, why am I saying that? I'm not saying that for number's sake. I'm saying that for, um, you know, so I can get my, uh, my, um, what do you call it? I'm saying that for the sake of the, the algorithm over on, on YouTube. Um, because, you know, on YouTube, you know, you do get, you know, you get, um, what is it called? <laughs> My mind is blank. I told you guys I have morning, morning brain. Honestly, I suppose I can't even think straight. Just please subscribe. Please subscribe because it helps me. It helps me um, to um, spread the, you know, the knowledge of the truth. It helps, it helps me to spread uh, the gospel uh, to reach more people, to reach more people with the knowledge of the truth. And that is the reason why I ask you guys to uh, su uh, subscribe, like, and share to spread the truth everywhere or like you know, comment and share to spread the truth everywhere, because that's the main point. The main point is that we want to, you know, spread the word of truth everywhere. People need Jesus. People need the truth. They, it's only the truth. It's only him that can make us free. So we really, um, you know, if you can help me there, if you haven't subscribed there, go over there and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is Divinity Life. Uh, it is the podcast channel on YouTube and um, yeah, we just need to get this out to more people. And then also, you know, um, what I was, the word I was trying to think of was, uh, sponsorships. Um, I can get sponsorships, um, you know, is it the closer, I mean, after I reach the goal, I think the goal is like, a yeah, it's a thousand subscribers. Um, it's a thousand subscribers. Yeah. I'm trying to even remember that. You see, I'm having senior moments here. Um, and once I reach a thousand subscribers, then I can, you know, I can uh, do more. You know what I'm saying? I can do more. I can get 
sponsorships, you know, and things like that, that people can uh, join in and help me to push the work. If you, if you get what I mean, um, uh, the money, it, it's really not much, honestly, from the ads. Uh, yes, they will put ads on my videos and stuff like that. Um, I'm even contemplating whether or not I want that right now. I still haven't even pushed the ads uh, on the new pod, uh, podcast um, platform, which is Podbean. I switched over there before uh, with my older uh, platform. I was, you know, I was letting them put ads on there and I was getting a little money from the ads. But money from the ads is not really even enough to, you know, to even, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's not a lot. I promise you. It's really, really not a lot. Um, it is very minimal. However, in spe especially in comparison to the work that goes into it, um, it's mi very minimal. But what I would really like is the sponsorships because I would like to be able to uh, connect and network with other people so that I can, you know, we can push this, push the word even, even more and reach even, uh, even more people in, you know, people that are not necessarily like you guys probably you know save and y'all already uh in the lord and y'all come over here and listen to me because you think it's a good word i don't know <laughs> you know maybe i'm just helping you in some way but i'm talking about you know reaching people who are not you know what i'm saying reaching people who are not yet in the lord and um yeah uh joining uh you know linking up with those people so um, that's where, that's where we are. And I know anyone can listen to these podcasts, but mostly, uh, the people who, uh, you know, who join me here are people who are already in the faith. You know, they're already believers and things like that. Um, so yeah, I got my coffee here. Um, going to take a sip. Where does the time go? It's already 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah, let's get started. I'm, I don't want to waste this coffee, though. Hmm. Coffee makes me smile. <laughs> All right. Um, so welcome. <clears throat> and um, yeah, let's go ahead and pray and get started. So Father God, we honor you and we thank you for uh, this time uh, that you allowed us to come together this morning. Father, we commit it into your hands. We just give you this uh, this meeting that, that, that you will just take over and that you will uh, speak and that you will move and that you would um you know, just release your wisdom and release your, uh, your truth and your knowledge here to us, Father God, that you would uh, fill us with the knowledge of your will concerning prayer and um, anything that you, you want to say here, Father God, you have the floor, Holy Spirit, you have the floor. And uh, we just want to honor you and give you thanks and give you praise, give you glory and honor for all that you are and all that you do. You are faithful in all your ways. Uh, you never leave us, never forsake us, never give up on us. And we're so grateful uh, for that, Father God. We thank you and we're grateful for your love. Your love, Father God, you said with loving kindness, you have drawn us, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, for drawing us with love this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Father God, we bless you 
And we know that there is none that can override you, none that can overthrow you. And so therefore the prince and the power of the air is bound and every spirit of hindrance and opposition and distraction is bound in the name of Jesus. We declare you bound in Jesus mighty name and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom to speak and to move and to rejoice and to worship and to learn and to gain understanding. Uh, we thank you, Father God, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, um, yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. So we're going to start here uh, this morning, and our first scripture is going to be... Um, our first scripture is going to be Mark uh, chapter 11 and verse 15. Mark 11 and 15. I pray that you guys, I uh, hope you have your uh, your Bible. Uh, hope you have your Bible. Okay, Mark 11, because we're talking about houses of prayer, becoming houses of prayer. And I'll give you, I'll share with you uh, in a minute here what the Lord shared with me. Um, uh, that I wrote down, but I, but we want to start with this scripture here first, Mark 11, uh, chapter 15, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 11 and verse 15 to 17. Mm, thank you, Lord. Okay, um, it says, uh, and they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught uh, saying unto them, it, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? Uh, but you have made it a den of thieves. Amen. Um, and so uh, he, he started out here uh, in verse 11. It says that when he entered into Jerusalem in the first place and he went into the temple, um, that he looked around at all the things that were in the temple. That's that's very key. It says when he had looked around about all, uh, when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the evening was come, and and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So he just came in and he looked at everything, but he said nothing. He just he he looked at everything. He was observing everything that was in the temple. And then he went out. <clears throat> Very key. We need to um, understand <clears throat> that we are under observation. We are under observation. That, that Jesus is observing. He's observing uh, the temple. He's not just coming in the temple. He's not just living in the temple. He is observing. Well, let me put it this way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, I come into the temple. And observe everything in the temple, just like a person would go into um, 
a house that they want to purchase and they view the house, they observe the house or they, they go into, you know, a place they want to observe and, and, and see, you know, what needs to be, in other words, what needs to be um, fixed, what needs to be um, renovated, what needs to, you know, does it need to be renovated, um, what needs to be um, um, uh, replaced, you know, uh, and things like that. Uh, I need to replace the carpet in here. Let me see. Maybe I need to paint the walls, you know. Um, maybe I need to excavate, you know, some, <clears throat> some, um, some foundations in there, you know, and, and, and relay the house might even need a whole new foundation. You just don't know, you know, um, maybe the roof needs to be replaced, you know, the roof is leaking, you know, uh, does the house have termites, you know, uh, these types of things. And so, uh, this is what Jesus, um, welcome, uh, class one probe. God bless you. Uh, thank you for joining us. And um, so, you know, this is what Jesus, this is what uh, Jesus was doing. He went in there and then it says that he looked around upon all the things that were in the temple and then he left. So he was just doing a viewing, just an observation. And then the next day, um, um, yeah, they went, uh, they, you know, they, they went to, where did they go? Bethany. Oh yeah, they were, yeah, they went, they were in Bethany and, and that's where, you know, he went there and he was, you know, he was hungry. He cursed the fig tree because the tree wasn't uh, producing anything, you know, didn't have no leaves on it, didn't have no food on it, nothing that he could eat from, you know, <clears throat> and he cursed that fig tree. Also very significant because we, we understand that men uh, according to scripture, are known as trees of righteousness. We are trees of righteousness. So not only did he go into the temple, you see, we have to we have to be very careful when we read the scripture to observe the details, observe the details. Now, this seems insignificant to anyone else. But when you look at this closely under the, you know, under the, the scope of the Holy Spirit, you can see that these things are key. They're very important. Um, details are very important. Details are very important. You know, um, uh, uh, my, my, my pastor used to tell us, you know, um, you know, don't overlook the small things because it's the, you know, it's the small things that lead you to the big things. Um, you know, some, many of us just want to look at the big things, but the small things, it's the small things that lead you to the big things, right? Um, he said it's the it's 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 the uh the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that can either have them produce the most benefit or uh the most damage, right? Um that's why Jesus said that um if you have the faith of a mustard seed, just a small tiny little seed. That, you know, you can move a whole mountain. It can, that little bit of faith can give you the greatest amount of results. Or, check this out, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. Now, a little bit of leaven can also bring the greatest amount of damage or destruction, right? 
So it's the little things. It's the little things. And we don't want to overlook those little details. Okay. So it says, uh, it, it says he went into Jerusalem, into the temple. And when he had looked around upon all, all things, all things, not some, not just the big ones, but all things in the, where? In the temple, right? What, what are we? We are the temples of the Holy Ghost, right? Okay. Say, how does this have to do with prayer? I'm, I'm, I'm showing you now. I'm showing you now. I'm showing you now. Okay. It says, uh, he went in there. He looked around at all the things he was observing. And then he left. And then he went to Bethany uh, with the disciples. And, he, and it says he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, Having leaves, he saw this tree afar off. Hmm. Okay. So what did he say to, um, what did he say to, was it Nathan? What was, was his name? Nathan? What did he say to the, uh, to the disciple? He said, uh, that he said, uh, I saw you afar off. I saw you under the fig tree. I saw you under the fig tree. Um, and he said, he said, how did you know my name? He said, because I, I, I saw you already. I saw you under the fig tree. Hmm. I saw you afar off. Wow. So Jesus is always observing. He doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss anything. And so he knows all about us. And not only that. He knows about us because he was there. Oh my goodness. He was there. See, the reason, the reason he was able to say, uh, where is that scripture? Hold on, let me find it. Because that's that's really good. He was talking to, I forgot the, uh, the name of the disciple he was talking to. Nathaniel. Yeah, I said Nathan, but it was Nathaniel. Okay, John 1 and 1. And 48. <laughs> I, I, I want to look at this really quick because this is interesting. He said, uh, how did you, he said, Nathaniel said, how is it that you know me? Where, where do you know me from? Oh, goodness. This is good. Okay. One second. One second. One second. We're going to, we're going to look at this a little bit. I love the word of God, so I hope I'm not boring you guys when I do stuff like this. Uh, when I want to dig in a little bit. Like a good meal, you know what I mean? Like you just want to savor. <laughs> you want to savor everything. All right. All right. It says... Um, uh, it says... Um, now, Nathaniel, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus saw this about Nathaniel. He already knew because he was there. It says, um, I'm in uh, John 1 and uh, 43. It says the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip. He's gathering his disciples and saith unto him, follow me. Now, Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. 
Philip found, found Nathanael, went and got Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Now Nathanael was the one that doubted first. It wasn't Thomas that doubted first. It was Nathanael. He says, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? He came from where? Nazareth. He came from the east side. <laughs> it doesn't come good, come out of there, right? Philip said unto him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said unto him, uh, and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. He didn't call out his unbelief. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, why you was doubting me, you know. He didn't say, I'm not, you know, he didn't just look, look over him and like, nah, he ain't the one because he don't even believe in me. Mm -mm. He said, behold, an Israelite indeed, a true Israelite in whom is no guile. How did he know that? Why did he say that? Because he saw that there was no guile in the man's heart. The man was honest. He was sincere. He was forthright. He didn't hold with, you know, hold back uh, his tongue or his opinion. Um, uh, you know, about, about anything, you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't have a respect of persons. He wasn't like, oh, it's Jesus. Let's go, you know, let's go bow down, you know, and then in your heart, you're really doubting, you know what I'm saying? But he was honest from the, from the gate, right? He says, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. That word guile means uncleanness or filth or deception, right? Deception, um, or, um, so there's, there is no, uh, guile, no guile, no deception, no deception. There's another word I was, I was reaching for. I believe the Holy Spirit will bring it back to me. Nathaniel said unto him, whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? Jesus answered and said unto him, before Philip called you, when you was under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, how did he see him under the fig tree afar off? He saw him afar. How did he saw, see him? He was there. Jesus was in two places at the same time. <laughs> he was there with him. He heard what was going on in his heart. He heard him when he said to Philip even, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Jesus heard that. Because he, he was there. His spirit was there. Nathaniel said, that's why, yeah. And Nathaniel answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. The same thing that happened to Jacob. Jacob was the same way, right? He was, he was, uh, he was honest. He was open. The Bible says that he was, a uh, he was, a uh, well, his, his name meaning, um, uh, deceiver or ma manipulator or something like that. But I mean, at least he was open about it. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, um, and another thing about that is that God, um, you know, changed his nature and changed his name. He changed his nature and changed his name. 
uh, because you can't hide anything from God. You can't keep our, we can't keep our nature from him. And so, you know, he changed his nature and he changed his name by showing him the same thing. The heavens open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man or, okay, that's another revelation. The son of man. He didn't say the son of God. The son of man, when we see the son of man represented in scripture, that means we're talking about Jesus, the man. Jesus, the man. Jesus, the man, according to the flesh, flesh and blood like you and me. And then he's also referred to as the son of God, the immortal man, immortal, uh, the resurrected Christ. Amen. Uh, or Christ uh who was the ancient of days because really, you know, he was never dead. All right. So we're going back to Mark 11. I just wanted to point that out uh, because I saw that here in scripture. It says, in seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find any, anything there on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And so that tree didn't bear any fruit. They came to Jerusalem. They went in the temple, you know, and, and began to cast out, uh, excuse me, Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he wouldn't suffer that any man carry any vessel through the temple. And uh, verse 17, and he taught them saying unto them, is it not written, my house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer. My house shall be called of all nations, the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Amen. All right, we're going to go to our next uh, our next uh, scripture here, which is um, Philippians four and six. <clears throat> Philippians four and six. Philippians four and six. Philippians 4 and 6. It says, um, be careful for nothing, right? We all know this, this uh, passage, hopefully. Uh, be careful for nothing, which means be anxious for nothing or be worried about nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, right? In everything, by prayer, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, you say, well, how can we uh, keep our minds on things that are only good and only just and only true and pure and of a good report? You know. Even though we see evil things and many of us have to look into, you know, uh, darkness in order to, you know, to warn the people. How can we keep our minds on, on these good things all the time? It is because in everything we are praying. 
It is because in everything we are we are praying. Therefore, we're rece- we're constantly receiving uh, answers, downloads, wisdom, truth, knowledge from from the Spirit of God. We're constantly connected. This is the point of this message: is to remain constantly connected. Remain constantly connected. Amen. So, uh, uh, yeah, so the next, uh, next scripture, my last uh, scripture here is first Peter four and seven, first Peter four and seven. He said in everything by prayer, right? Okay. First Peter four and verse seven. It says, um, it says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be sober, be alert. And watch unto prayer. Amen. So watching is not only, you know, watching and, and seeing with your with your spiritual eyes, you know, because in your with your natural eyes too, but definitely we're talking about the spirit. So with your spiritual eyes, uh, it's not only discerning spiritually, but it's also praying about what you see. Praying about what you are discerning. There is no such thing as discernment without prayer. There is no such thing. That's called religion. When someone is constantly sitting around uh, saying, I'm looking at this. I discern that. I see this. I see that. But they are not praying about it. They're not inquiring of the Lord about it. You know, um, that, 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 is, that is simply religion. That's what religious people do. And religion will kill you. Religion will kill you because of what they see or what they think they see working in you. They will kill you. Okay. Um, I said that was my last scripture, but it's actually not. I'm in Acts. I'm sorry. Uh, chapter uh, Acts chapter 12. We're going to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Um, and I'm just going to mention a few scriptures here, but we don't have to turn to them. Maybe you can jot them down if you want. Uh, to dig in a little bit more into these, but I'm not going to be here before you long because I do have a meeting uh, to attend. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I want to. Well, I actually have two meetings. Oh my gosh, I have two meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I have two meetings. Um, so yeah, we're going to try to get through this. All right, and they're, and they're this morning. They're this morning around uh, noon and out early afternoon. So yeah, I want to be ready for that. All right. Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12, verse five. It says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So they were, they were praying around the clock for him. They probably had prayer watches going on and stuff like that, but they were praying around the clock, praying around the clock, praying around the clock, right? Okay, now, so now it says that uh, the church was praying for him. 
So now we are thinking a group of people, they're probably praying together, you know, praying together uh, for him. And, 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 and possibly, you know, they had prayer watches going on, you know, okay, this group prayed this, this, you know, this uh, hour or this three hours in the next three hours, you know, we're going to pray and we're going to switch shifts and, you know, um, they continually prayed for him, right? And we know the results of that prayer that Peter was loose from prison. Um, but uh, we're seeing here that a group of people, uh, the church was praying without ceasing, okay? Um, so we might say, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, this is the only way we can pray without ceasing. Okay, this is the only way we can pray without ceasing. Maybe we just, you know, we just, you know, need to take shifts, you know, or something like that. Romans 1 and 9. Romans 1 and 9. Romans 1 and 9. This is uh, Apostle Paul speaking. Speaking, He said, for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Without ceasing, always I make mention of you in my prayers. Okay. All right. Let's go a little deeper. Second Timothy 1 and 3 says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. This is the same man, Apostle Paul. He's talking to Timothy. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing with a pure heart, right? Without ceasing, I have, rem I have remembrance of thee in my prayers when night and day, night and day, night and day, right? All right. First Thessalonians 5 and 17. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 says, mm -hmm. it simply says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Okay. So we have confirmed that God does want us to pray without ceasing. So what does that say? That says that um, in the morning, uh, when we pray is not the only time that we should be praying. And before we talked about the prayer watches, right? And, um, you know, so, you know, that gives us kind of puts in people's minds. Well, you know, I have my, my watch is, you know, uh, between, you know, uh, six and 9 AM, you know, or my watch is between, um, nine and, and midnight, you know, or something like that. So that's when I'm going to pray, right? But the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So what 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 does the word ceasing actually mean? The actual word ceasing means to stop, to discontinue, right? Uh, to cease, to exist, or to come to an end to pass away or to die out. So when he says pray without ceasing, he's saying, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Right. Okay. How is this possible? You don't, you don't want me to stop praying, but 
you know, I, I have certain I, I I have certain times that okay. So I pray in the morning, I pray in the evening, I pray at night, and that's not enough. You still telling me not to stop praying? Just keep praying all the time? Or, or are you telling me that don't stop praying every day, every day? Keep praying. Is that what you're saying? But that's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that my house shall be a house of prayer. Does that mean, oh, well, prayer goes on in the house. So that's what he was meaning. Not if he turned around and said, pray without ceasing. Not if he said, pray without ceasing, though. Right? So if our house is a house of prayer, Let's look at this uh, this other scripture here. Let's look at this other scripture. Uh, we're going to go to First uh, Corinthians six and nineteen and twenty. First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty. Then I'm going to tell you what the Lord said specifically. It's going to tie all this together for us. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says, uh, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple? Your body is the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is which you have of God, and you are not your own, for you are bought with a price, right? You are bought with a price, so the house is bought with a price. When you go to buy a house, you pay money for the house. You put down uh, a down payment on the house, which is called your, your, uh, your earnest money. You put down a down payment on the house, you buy the house, and it says, therefore, glorify God in your house, in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. So we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, my house, my temple shall be a house of prayer unto all nations. And in my house, I want prayer to continue without ceasing. I want prayer to continue there without ceasing. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a scripture. Mm. I just got scriptures coming out of everywhere. I know. I know. Let's go to Revelations chapter 8. Okay. I can I can show you this a couple places in Revelation, but we're just going to go to Revelations chapter 8. Um, Revelations 8. I'll show you this here. We're going to make this very plain and then we're going to get out of here. Revelation chapter 8. Revelation, not Revelations. Revelation chapter 8. <clears throat> All right. Uh, chapter 8. We can start at verse 1. Yeah, we can start at verse 1. It says... And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven 
about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, seven spirits of God. And to them were given seven trumpets, seven trumpets, right? And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came up with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. Hmm. He poured it out into the earth, right? And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And an earthquake, right? All right. We're going to go to uh, Revelation 3. I think it's in chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Is it Revelation 3? The smoke of the incense, which, which came with the prayers of the saints. That's what the smoke is. In other words, it's the prayers of the saints ascended up before God. Right? Hold on one second. Let me, let me grab this last one. I think it's in Revelation 3. Something shaking in the spirit. Something shaking. I can feel it. Heaven. Calm down. Revelation 5. Sorry. Revelation 5 and verse 8. I find things easier in my Bible than, than on here. Revelations 5 and verse 8. I'm going to read it from here. It says, let me see, so I can see. It says, uh, Revelations 5, and uh, we'll start at verse 7. It says, and he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which is, you know, which is uh, 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 sweet smelling, you know, uh, odors or fragrance, right? Uh, vials full of odors. Um, what is that word? Odors, actually. Just want to look into that. Mm. Oh, vials full of odors, which means bowls. That's what it means. The word odors here, O-D-O-U-R-S. Excuse me. 
vials full of odors. Vials means bowls. Vial means a container, which in, it says here that it means a bowl. So they had uh, golden bowls that were full of odors, and the odors is the are the incense, right? The 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 uh, the sweet smelling incense, which are the prayers of the saints, which are the prayers of the saints. Amen. So, filling up the bowls, we talked about that before. Like to focus on filling up those bowls, the bowls in heaven. With the prayers of the saints. And what did God say to Cornelius? He said, um, your prayers and your alms have become a memorial before me. Cornelius was constantly sending up prayer unto the Lord uh, day and night, day and night, nonstop prayer. Now, let me share with you what the Lord said to me. Um, this is it's, it's like a, a prayer tip, a tip for us, right, to help us with this. He said um, that it is easier to become a house of prayer instead of trying not uh, instead of trying to not miss your daily prayer appointment. Many of us, you know, we 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 try to, you know, we set a time during the day, or, or if you're like me, I said three times during the day. I'm trying to be like Daniel, you know, that's what I was trying to do. But, you know, we're trying to, we set our prayer times every day. Um, and we, we want to make, we want to make those, you know, those times we want to, um, keep those times or keep those prayer appointments. David said early in the morning, will I look unto the, unto thee? Will, will you hear my voice? David you know, love to pray in the morning. We all know that morning prayer is the best, the best time to pray is in the morning, early in the morning. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus um, went out early before, before daylight, you know, before the breaking of day, he went out while it was still night uh, to pray. And, and Jesus was a house of prayer himself. That's why he's telling us to become houses of prayer because that's what he was. And I have been asking God, you know, um, and looking into the prayer life of Jesus, looking into the prayer life of Jesus. And the reason why I want to look into the prayer life of Jesus, because I want to know, you know, um, you know, am I doing this right? Or how can I do this better? You know what I mean? Like, how can I become like Cornelius who, you know, filled up the bowls? You know, how can, you know, how can I do that pray and, 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 and not stop praying when I have to, I have to stop, you know, talking to God so I can talk to, you know, my son. I have to stop talking to God so I can talk to people and handle business. I have to stop talking to, so how can I constantly remain in prayer, right? I know this might sound elementary to, to some of y'all, but it's needed because, our prayer life is the is the one thing that the enemy attacks the most. He don't care how much you read the Bible. He knows the Bible too. But he does not want us communicating with God like that. He don't want us communicating, you know, uh, with God because he knows that God, if we stay in constant communication with God, then he's going to be constantly uh, pouring out uh, wisdom, revelation, truth, you know, giving us knowledge, giving us understanding on how to destroy Satan's kingdom. 
So that's why he attacks your prayer life. And that's why he attacks your focus in prayer. And that's why he tries everything he can to make you miss your prayer time or your prayer appointments with God in the mornings or whenever you schedule your time for prayer, right? And that's his number one target is your prayer life. Hear me well. Your, his number one target for a believer is our prayer life. That's the enemy's number one target. So we got to get our prayer life together. And Jesus is showing us here how to get it together. And what he said was, uh, my house shall be, shall be a house of prayer unto all nations. He went in there. He observed the temple. He saw everything that was in there. He went into the house, right? So he was making his observations. Okay, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be replaced. This needs to be pulled up. Pull up that carpet. It's nasty. Let's repaint these walls. Let's do that. You know, he... He's, he's observing the house he's, he's purchasing. And then he left the house and then he came back to the house and started doing the work. He started, he started, he, well, he didn't, he started uh, uh, commanding the work. He said, get these money changers out of here. Get these thieves out of here. Get these, you know, that's not what this house is for. This house shall be a house of prayer unto all nations. This house shall be a house of prayer unto all nations. And then he turned around and said through Apostle Paul, pray without ceasing. Jesus was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer and he prayed without ceasing. How did he do that? When he stopped and performed miracles, he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he healed the blind, but he prayed without ceasing. He was a walking house of prayer. He was a walking house of prayer. Me and my sister was talking about last night how, you know, when he went to pray and, um, uh, you know, concerning um, his death and he was struggling with that notion in his flesh. Right. And he had to bring his flesh into submission to the will of God concerning his crucifixion. He didn't want to drink that cup. The flesh did not want to drink that cup. The scripture says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we're talking about Jesus, the son of man, who was the son of, of, of God in the flesh. He wore an earth suit just like us. So he's touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He knows that we struggle with prayer. He went back to the disciples. They were asleep, Peter, James and John. And, and he said, What's, wake up. You know, can you not even pray with me one hour? Not even one hour. I thought you was my, I thought you loved me, <laughs> you know, church. I thought you was my bride, but you can't, you can't kick it with me for not even one hour. You can't hold me down for one hour. When I told you to become a house of prayer, I told you to pray without ceasing. I've been modeling this prayer thing before you this whole time and you haven't caught it yet. Still, you can't pray not even one hour. And why is that? It's because the enemy attacked them. He, he, he put a spirit of sleep on them and slumber. And that's the same thing he does to us today. You know, especially in the morning, especially in the morning, that sleep demon, that sleep monster will jump on you. <laughs> you know, you can get up for everything else. You're about to go shopping. I'm up early. Let me shower and get myself, you know, 
you're about to go, you know, out of town, you know, you're about to go, you know, do anything you want to do in the flesh. We wide awake. <clears throat> we wide awake. We ready. You know, Santa coming down the chimney, you know, and, and we waiting on some presents. We going to get our butts up early so we can get in there and unwrap them presents. Well, not me. Some of y'all probably still do that, but I don't, I don't, I don't celebrate. Anyway, that's another. Yeah. We get, we, 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 we can stay awake for anything else. But why is it that, you know, we get sleepy when it's time to pray? We get sleepy when it's time to pray. Now we're talking about how to slay in prayer. God is talking about how to stay in prayer. Did you catch that one? If first we got to stay in prayer in order to slay in prayer. And this is what he said. He said, it's easier to become a house of prayer. Why don't you just go on and become a house of prayer instead of trying not to miss your daily prayer appointment? You will never miss your target in prayer. You will never miss a demon. You will always hit that demon right between the eyes. You will all your focus will always remain. Right? You'll always remain focused. He, he, he says you will never miss you will never miss your target guaranteed. Guaranteed. I guarantee you you will never miss your target if you become a house of prayer. He says, pray without ceasing. Be instant in season and out of season. Jesus, he said, Jesus himself was a house of prayer. So what does that say? That says that it that says that um the 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 most important thing here that he's trying to show us is where we set our focus. Remember that your focus, your point of focus or your perspective is everything. It's everything. You know, it's everything where you set your focus or where you set your heart or set your intention is everything. It's everything. It is the it is the compass that guides us. If I set my intention, you know, this way, then, uh, you know, to the to the to the left, I will go to the left. If I set my mind to the right, I will go to the right. If I set my mind on Jesus, looking steadfastly unto Jesus, then I will, you know. So this is what we're saying. He's saying set your mind, set your focus and your intention and your eyes and your perspective on becoming a house of prayer rather than trying to keep up with your daily prayer time. Is it wrong to keep up with your daily prayer time? Is it wrong to focus on, uh, I, you know, I pray every morning at 6 a.m. Is it wrong to focus on that? No. But what he's saying is if you, if you reach for the, if you reach for the stars, at least you'll hit the moon. Or is it vice versa? You know how the saying goes. You know, it, he's saying aim higher than that. Aim higher than that. Focus on becoming prayer. 
Y'all seen these people out here? Uh, our, some of my brothers and sisters out here got some t-shirts that say, I am prayer, right? I am prayer. I, you know, I love that because that's what it means. I am a house of prayer. My focus is on becoming the house of prayer. Filling up the bowls in heaven with my prayers. My focus is my prayers becoming a memorial like Cornelius before the Lord. Getting his attention where God had to take time out and specifically look at this man and say and, and, and talk about him. He said, uh, he said, he said, wow, you know, I'm, in, I'm thoroughly impressed. Your prayers and your alms have become a memorial before me. That is really, you know, that is. That's something, you know, when God says that about you, that's something wonderful when God says that about you. So this is what we're uh, we want to focus on. The Lord says, focus on becoming a house of prayer rather than trying to keep prayer appointments, rather than prayer being a place that uh, that you frequent, you know, often. You know, what I'm saying like I go I like to go um to, you know, to this restaurant, Papa Do's, you know, I, I frequent that place. I love that place. I, I like to go eat there, you know, um, you know, Frisco's, Del Frisco's. I like to go eat there, you know, um, I like to go to church, you know what I mean? And, you know, I go there every Sunday, you know what I mean? Instead of focusing on that, why not focus on becoming the place? When you love something so much, you want to be there all the time, right? We want to be there all the time. And that's why Jesus was always um, welcome to you guys um, that are com coming in here on the podcast. We're almost done, but welcome to you. I see class one probe. I see Abraham seed. Welcome. I see um, Soma and Soma. Is that correct? Uh, God bless you all and welcome. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so uh, what he's saying is when you, if you truly love me, if you truly love me, and if you're truly my wife, my bride, then don't you want to stay with me? Don't you want to stay with me? You should want to uh, live. You should want to abide. You should want to dwell there. In that place of prayer, Jesus loved God so much that he was always stealing away from the crowd. He was always stealing away so he could go and be in, you know, have private time with the Lord. So he could always, you know, go and and pray. Jesus, you know, would leave them and go pray. Just talk to God intimately. And I call these concentrated moments of prayer. This is concentrated prayer. God bless you, Eden. Uh, Eden Howard. God bless you. Welcome. Um, it, it, uh, when you have, these are called concentrated, uh, times of concentrated prayer where you're just, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have to use this, uh, this uh, example because this is the only thing that I can, I can relate it to is marriage, you know. 
men and women, they live together. Yes, husband and wife. They they communicate with each other throughout the day. They so in love, you know, baby, what you doing? What you, you know, I'm at work and this is going on or whatever. And then, you know, you're constantly in communication with your wife or your husband whom you love. You want to know what's going on with them, how their day is going. Are they having any issues? Can I, let's pray about this. Let's do that. Let's talk about this. Let's do that. You know, and, and then they have concentrated moments of intimacy where they come together, you know, and, you know, they come together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They come together in worship. <laughs> they come together in worship, right? So those are concentrated moments of intimacy, right? But, um, but all throughout the day, they're still married. They still live together. They still communicate all day long. And guess what? In keeping that, that relationship so tight and in keeping that communication so tight, then no, no outsider or no one can come in there and, and, you know, and say uh, something else or, or, uh, or tell them a lie, you know, or, or try to convince them of, you know, of anything different about their, their spouse, you know, nobody else can come in there and lie to them and say, oh, you know, he was over here with me, uh, such and such and such and such. No, because my husband was at home. I, I was right there with him. We was talking, we was having coffee together, you know, um, he was on the phone with me, you know, during this time. So you can't tell me he was over there. You know, it, no demon can come in there and lie. You know what I'm saying? When we are in constant communication with the Holy Spirit, when we live with him, can't nobody, you know, tell us nothing about him and can't nobody tell him nothing about us. Right. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about intimacy. We're talking about becoming, not just depending. You, you see, the problem with the average American church is this. They teach us mainly how to depend on Jesus as our provider, our healer, our deliverer, our he's our, mm, 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 you know, you can, not, you can list them all, right? But they don't teach you how to become Jesus, you see, but the, but the problem with that is this, that the earnest expectation, mm, <laughs> you see, he's coming back for the precious fruit. He's coming back for, for the precious fruit. Amen. He's coming back for the, for the precious fruit. And the problem is this, when he comes back, he wants to see himself multiplied. He sold himself as a seed. And he wants to see himself multiplied. He don't want to see a bunch of women just, you know, waiting on a, waiting on a handout. Waiting on him to come and take them shopping. Baby, you said you was going to take me shopping. You said you was going to give me some money. You said you was going to buy me a car. You said you was going to buy me a house. You said you was going to give me a baby. You said you was going to, you said you was going to, you know. No, he's not coming back for that. That's not the bride that he wants. That's not what he's looking for. He's coming. He wants to, he sold a seed. Do you get it? 
He sowed a seed. God said in the beginning to Adam, he said, I want you to uh, multiply. I want you to multiply, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, right? And have dominion over everything in the earth. Is that not what he said? Is that not what he said? So what? So the first man, the Adam, was was you know a living soul, and the second man, Adam, which is Jesus, was a life giving spirit, a life giver. The man is the life giver. He sows the seed into the woman. The woman brings forth a harvest or a multiplication, multiplies the man by duplicating the man. You see, that's what Jesus is coming back for. So this is why he said, where is that scripture about the first fruit? Anyone y'all know that scripture real quick? Pull that for me. He's coming back for the precious fruit. Uh, let me try to find it here. I saw you, man of God, try to call in. Um, just uh, type your comment in the uh, in the comment section if, uh, because I can't take a call right now. Precious fruit uh, of the earth. James 5 and 7. James 5 and 7. I got any scholars on the line? Bible scholars? Bible scholars? No. <laughs> Y'all can't help me. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. It's James chapter 5 and verse, uh, verse 7. Let's look at this real quick. Let's have a little fun in the word. James chapter 5 and verse 7. Okay. It says, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient unto the coming of the Lord. Now, now are we seeing that today? <laughs> I told you guys before, uh, I, I ministered a message called Eternal. You can go back through my podcast and find it. It's called Eternal. And I spoke about how God is eternal. He lives in, in, uh, in Kairos time. He doesn't live in Kronos, right? And, and so if he's not in a hurry, why are we in a hurry? Why are we trying to bring him back tomorrow? Everybody on here prophesying Jesus on his way back this week, three days. He'll be back two weeks. He'll be back, you know, because of coronavirus. Everybody trying to push him, you know, and rush him back. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But, 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 but we're not kingdom. Because kingdom says, Lord God, you gave this earth to the children of men. You gave this earth to us, right? To dominate the earth. And in Revelation, he promised us a new heaven and a new earth. And so if we have not dominated this earth yet, then why are we rushing him when that's his goal? That's his aim. You know, that's what he actually already done. And we just haven't met, seen it manifest yet. We haven't manifested it yet because we're so stubborn and we make decisions that are, you know, different from his will, <laughs> to put it mildly. So that's what's really taking so long. It's us. If we go ahead and dominate, do what he told us in Genesis, then we wouldn't have to be waiting so long in Revelation. Mm. 
He said, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient and wait for your husband to come. Behold, the husbandman, the husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. I want to see multiplication. I want to see you doing what I told you to do in Genesis. I want to see it now. It says, I'm waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it. Long patience. You see, he has long patience. So why are we in a hurry? Tell me that. Please tell me that. He says, he waits for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Not just the early, but the latter rain. What does the rain bring? It brings increase. It increases the, the fruits of the ground. It increases what has been sown into the earth. It brings increase. The water brings increase. Some plant, some water, but it is the Lord who gives the increase. It says, so be patient and establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. The coming, the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. You see? And then he starts talking about endurance and the patience of Job. You know, looking to the end of the Lord and realizing and understanding that the Lord is very pitiful and, and of tender mercy. He's full of mercy. He says, he said, I wish that all would be saved and none would be lost. He's full of mercy. He's long suffering. Long suffering. So what does he want? He wants multiplication. So, you know, so that is, that is, that is the point of it all. Multiplication. And the, and, and the, the whole earth languisheth and travaileth waiting for the man of the, the multiplication. They're waiting for the sons of God, not the sons of, of religion, not the sons of antichrist, not the sons of anarchy, <laughs> not the sons of rebellion, not the children of disobedience. Not the sons of the devil, but the sons of God. That's what they're waiting for. And until they see that, they, they're not foolish enough to come up in these churches. Because we ain't got nothing. Mm. Okay, Shelly. You, you treading on thin ice here. Shelly, you treading on thin ice. Let me be careful. <laughs> Sips tea, or at, rather, I'm sipping coffee now. We don't have anything that 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 uh, that they want. Once we start carrying the power of God, once we become the sons of God, now we are we are, you know they can see the Son of God in us in the church. You see, they they came to see the son of God. When they can see the son of God in the temple. They will come by the multitudes. Ain't that what happened? 
The multitudes came to Jesus. They ran to Jesus because they saw the power. They saw manifestation, manifestation. They saw love, the power that was generated by love. Can they see that in us today? Can they see that? Why are, why are people not coming, rushing the churches by the droves and the multitudes? Why we don't see the multitudes knocking the doors down? Why? Please tell me that. Please tell me that. Why? That's what, you know, if we carry the ministry of Jesus, then that's what we should see. The same results. And in fact, greater results, because that's what he said. Greater works shall these uh, than these then shall you do greater works than these shall you do the multitudes ain't chasing after us because we're not manifesting or becoming the sons of God we choose rather to depend on on, on, on God we want to depend on Jesus to do everything for us when he said I gave you the blueprint do it for yourself I gave you the example. I modeled it before you. I showed you how to put it together. Now do it. Do it. Become something. Don't just rely on something. But become it. Become living epistles. Read of all men. They need to be able to read you. People like to say, well, I'm an open book. Are you really? Are we really? Because men should be able to read and eat from our life. Our leaves are for the healing of the nations. Our leaves are for the healing of the nations. So this is why the Lord is saying, become, focus on becoming. Not just frequenting. Not just making appointments. Go to the doctor when something is wrong. Go to Jesus in prayer when something is wrong. Lord, if this is wrong, you know. Well, I just feel like this and I just feel like that. You know, <laughs> like we're making appointments. Yeah, it's okay to go with him. Go, you know, he can he can be a therapist, he can be your counselor. You can go in there and say, Well, Lord, I'm just feeling oh. you know, we can do that. <laughs> you don't mind that, but just you know, just stay. Not why you you know this is not the this is not uh the psychiatrist's office, the therapist's office, the doctor's office. You don't need to just set an appointment, come and leave. Why not stay? Why not stay if I'm really your husband, you know, and two shall be one, then stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Amen. Glory to God. That's all I, uh, I'm going to share with you today. Excuse me. That's all I'm going to share, uh, with you today. Um, and, uh, yeah. We're going to stop here for today because I, I have some appointments. But, um, yeah, just 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 remember that. Set your focus and your intention on becoming 
not just depending, not just frequenting, not just going, you know, in and out, but becoming houses of prayer, becoming a house of prayer, because in becoming a house of prayer, you will never miss your target. The enemy will never be able to come upon you unawares. You know, um, you will always see him afar off. You will always be able to keep your heart pure, you know, and you will always be able to, uh, uh, meet the, uh, uh, meet the requirement of Jesus when he said, pray without ceasing. You will always be able to meet that, you know, meet that requirement. Pray without ceasing. Okay. Let me stay in constant communication with the spirit of God. Now, what does that mean? Really? It means to be constantly talking to God. You have your concentrated moments of prayer. And then, you know, that those are your times of intimacy. And then in between those times, you know, just stay in constant communication with him because that is what prayer is. It is communication. It is communication. Communicating with, with God. Communicating with the Father. Communicating with him. Talking to him. Meditating on what he said, listening to him, listening and meditating on what he said, asking him questions, you know, telling him about things, you know, that concern your heart, sharing, you know, worshiping, loving on him, giving him praise, giving him thanks. All these are prayers. All these are prayers. He said, focus on becoming. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Because that's what he wants. He doesn't want to just date us. He wants to be married. He wants to be married. So this is, this is what the Lord is saying here today. Now, are we understanding this? I, I pray that we're understanding. Amen. I pray that we're understanding this. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, yes, we're going to stop here uh, today. And uh, I believe I've given you everything that the Lord wanted me to share today. Um, so, I love you guys. And uh, please uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, follow me. Um, on my YouTube channel, uh, you know, just by subscribing, you will be uh, supporting and helping me uh, tremendously to be able to get the, you know, get these messages out and get the truth out, uh, out there even more, uh, promote, help me to promote the word of truth, help me to promote the word of truth. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, let's, in, let's, let's, let's enact, let's engage. Let's advance the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's advance the kingdom of God together. I love you all. God bless you. And I will see you um, uh, when I'll be back on Thursday. I'll see you on Thursday of next week with another uh, episode of Divinity Life Night Watch. And uh, that is where we will be sharing the prophetic word of the Lord. Amen. So God bless you all. And um, I will see you Thursday. Amen. God bless you.